Hi, I'm Lee Davis, attorney and owner of Lee Davis Law LLC here in Atlanta, Georgia. And this is The Legalist. So welcome to another episode. As you can see, this is another casual version of our video series uh, due to the COVID-19 crisis. But today I have a very special guest and I'll introduce him in just a moment. But before I do that, I want to tell you a little bit about why we're doing this episode today. We're filming this during a lot of the unrest over uh, the recent uh, police brutality and the uh, backlash to the Black Lives Matter movement. And so today, this is a very uh, appropriate topic uh, for this point in time in our country's history. But before we get started with Ricardo, I wanted to relate a short little, ver uh, short little story that actually kind of shaped the person that I am and the way that I see the world uh, in some ways. It's, I guess you could call this one of my four, one of my four core memories in life that kind of made me who I am. So when I was about 10 years old, I uh, lived in a uh, neighborhood in Louisville, Kentucky, and it was like most neighborhoods in Louisville, uh, all white. And the first black couple uh, moved in with their child, uh, who was a couple of years younger than me, uh, down at the end of our street. And for whatever reason, I really, really liked him. We used to play a lot. He was very athletic. Uh, he was always trying to teach me how to do a front flip, which he could do standing still, which <laughs> I never got. I landed on my head many, many times. But he was always just a great guy, and I really, really enjoyed him as a friend. And one day we were playing in his front yard when his neighbor, uh, who was kind of the neighborhood bully, came out and for whatever reason was having a bad day. Maybe he had just gotten laid into by his own father. I have no idea, but he was obviously spoiling for a fight. And he came out and he started to uh, mess with my friend a little bit. You know, my friend was a couple years younger than me. The bully was a couple years older than me. Uh, so there was quite a bit of difference between the two. And so I stepped in and I probably got uh, beaten down for it. Pretty, pretty bad. I had a couple of black eyes, a bloody nose. Um, I was beaten up pretty good. And, you know, afterwards I felt kind of good. I, you know, it's like, well, you know, that was the right thing to do. I stood up. Um, I don't like bullies to this day. I still don't like bullies probably because of that encounter. Uh, but I felt good about myself until about 45 minutes later when we were in another part of our street and the bully came back. And this time he went straight for my friend and I was too beat up to really have the courage, I guess, to stand up and take another beating. And I just stood by and watched as my friend got just destroyed. And I could never get over that. I've never been able to get over that, even to this day. Uh, the kids' uh, parents came down, or the, the, my friend's parents came down and spoke to my parents and actually thanked them for me stepping in and standing up for their kid. And my parents were so proud of that. My mom, until about three years ago, my mom would always tell that story over and over. And finally, I had to pull her aside and tell her one time, please don't tell that story anymore. That is one of my most you know, embarrassing moments to me personally. When I look in the mirror, I'm still ashamed of the way that I acted when the bully came back. And I had to tell her that I could not stand to hear her tell people about that and brag on me anymore because it was just too, too much. Even now, 40 years later, it's still too much. And so that really shaped a lot of me and it shaped a lot of the way that I view uh, kind of race relations and cultural relations in this country. And um, just the kind of what I see as the somewhat inherent 
uh, disadvantage that some people find themselves in in society through no fault of their own, but just as a result of our uh, cultures and our ingrained thinking uh, that we've gathered throughout our years here on Earth. So our guest today is Ricardo Gonzalez, and Ricardo uh, is somewhat of a uh, master in the sense of cultural uh, diversity and uh, cultural acceptance. And I wanted to talk to uh, Ricardo about uh, his thoughts on how could we possibly uh, improve uh, relations between different cultures in this country. And after speaking with him the first time, I am convinced that he has the cure. And I am going to do everything that I can to try to help get his message out to as many people as I can, starting with this. So, uh, Ricardo, welcome to the show. Welcome to The Legalist. And uh, could you please tell our viewers a little bit about yourself and uh, what you do and what your vision is? First of all, I want to acknowledge your story. And, um, you know, life is, is a series of stories, right? And mm -hmm. what we're seeing in the country right now is, is not the end of the story, right? It, it, who knows where we're at in this book, but we know we have several hundred years of story and not all pleasant. And it certainly led us to a point now where, you know, hopefully Lee, we're at a point where at the very least, there is a great sense of consciousness and awareness. And now it's, you know, how do we move from that point to actually create uh, cultural health and skill in our culture? And how do we heal? right? How do we heal this cancer? Um, but I think it's probably a good thing that we even recognize we have the cancer, you know? Right. And, and so your, your story rings home. I, my story is, look, I was, I was born into a, a mixed family, uh, bicultural. My dad's Puerto Rican, uh, was one of 27 kids, um, same father, right? And uh, my mother was an orphan from Kentucky. And so, I mean, I literally, I'm a Puerto Rican hillbilly, right? And, and, <laughs> So I grew up in both of these cultures and just my whole life watched the dysfunction that, that was created uh, with this. And for me, the reason, I mean, like, what do I do? I, you know, I'm somewhat of an expert. I think we're all learning, right? right. Um, but my field is cultural communications and working to begin to help people experience, first of all, individual cultural transformation, you know, redeveloping cultural mindset and skill set, but also organizationally and, and certainly from a standpoint of communities. But when I, for me, it's like redemption, you know, because my parents, you know, we just saw this cultural dysfunction on so many levels. And honestly, it was incredibly painful. And, you know, even though I'm white, I remember, you know, I was, we were the only Hispanics in our, in our school system, uh, where I was at Northern, in Northern Indiana. And, you know, I, I remember the same things, you know, I could tell you a ton of stories about, you know, being called spick and all of these things. And, and it's not comparative to having gone through slavery and having uh, been socially engineered as a society. You know, I think a lot of people don't understand the depths of this. And, and so I think we have to bring a great deal of understanding here. Um, but for me, my work is honestly, it's personal redemption because every time uh, I have the honor to help people become culturally healthy and skilled. It's, it's redemptive for me because I, I lived through this unbelievable amount of dysfunction from a standpoint of culture. Well, I know that you've done uh, quite a lot of study on this. Um, can you tell our folks a little bit like 
your qualifications? What have you, uh, how have you put this into practice? Should we say? Oh my, um, <laughs> I've written a couple of books on it and speeches on this for years, done a lot of, uh, a lot of studies, we've done a lot of data research as well as it relates to assessment of cultural health and skill of executives and leaders. So uh, my, my last book on this particular subject was, it's called The Six Stages of Cultural Mastery. And it is a roadmap uh, for leaders to be able to thrive in a culturally complex world. And then uh, I wrote also, it's called The Cultural Transformation Manifesto, which is uh, the subtitle is a plea and plan for organizational and community transformation and really maps out a very specific plan on how to transform a community or an organization culturally from the inside out, not through policy, because I'm convinced you cannot policy culture. Uh, culture is the aggregate of the beliefs and values and norms and symbols and language of the people. And so if we're going to transform the entire organization, we have to transform the people within that organization, right? And so I have another book coming out soon. Uh, it's actually finished. We're just waiting on the right timing to bring it out, uh, which I'm excited about. It's called The Six Stages of Cultural Sales, and it is a roadmap for increasing sales in diverse communities, but obviously in a very responsible, sustainable way that brings economic growth to the actual community not just taking from it, but also giving back to it. So I'm very excited about that book. I think it'd be a great help to a lot of people. Well, the, the uh, cultural uh, manifesto is the one that caught my attention and uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I think that uh, you absolutely hit the nail on the head with it and your approach I think is uh, wonderful. So first of all, let's pimp that a little bit. Let's see, uh, can you tell people where they might be able to go find that so that they can uh, read it for themselves? Yeah, I think probably culturalmastery.com and then forward slash about. If they go to that page, there are some different assets there. One's a video that overviews the cultural mastery process, but also the cultural transformation manifesto is also there. I believe it's also at culturalmastery.com forward slash manifesto. Uh, I believe they can get it there as well. But culturalmastery.com would be the main page where people could begin to kind of review some of these things. Uh, are they able to get it as a kind of a, a, a small ebook or something like that? Have you recorded? recorded? Well, they get the, uh, yeah, they can download the entire PDF and then, you know, read it on their tablet or phone or whatever. Um, Six stages of cultural mastery is available on Amazon as well as on culturalmastery.com. But um, just recorded the cultural transformation manifesto. So it's an edit right now. We anticipate that it'll be ready early next week. So before the beginning of July 2020, it should be available on Audible, which is where we're planning on putting it. And then for people who ask for it, we'll make it available as an MP3 where people can just have that on their own device as well. Excellent. That'll be free. We're, we want to get that message out. Excellent. And can you kind of, um, can you kind of explain for uh, folks what your uh, vaccine kind of, uh, kind of looks like? You know, how do you, how do you envision your, um, your study and your understanding um, actually transforming communities? How do, you, how do you see the injection point? So for me, transformation is inside out, right? And so there are some basic principles and core principles I think that we work from. And, and one of those core principles is that if we're going to lead external transformation, we must have first experienced internal transformation. So one of the things that we propose and we really advocate for is to select a group of leaders in what we, in a community, for example, in what we call the six pillars of a community. So what are those six pillars? 
So every community has leadership that's important in business, right? Mm -hmm. uh, education, uh, law enforcement, nonprofit, um, government, and uh, ministry. Those would those be the six pillars of, of every community where there's great influence that's uh, really uh, exercised in that community. So what we propose is, is to take leaders from those six pillars and get them to go through the cultural mastery experience and with the intent of developing them into culturally healthy and skilled leaders, right? Well, what does that mean? <laughs> so right. Good. That means I have a transformed cultural mindset and skill set. And those are like two different things. And this goes way beyond one of the premises of, of cultural mastery, cultural transformation is the distinction between our root problem and what I would call symptoms of cultural dysfunction. Okay. So racism, for example, is a real problem in our culture. Mm -hmm. Okay. It is, however, a symptom of the deeper disease, okay? As is, are things like bias and stereotype and judgmental spirits and uh, the inability to connect with people who are different from ourselves. Those are all symptoms of the deeper, uh, what I would call the deeper cancer from a standpoint of culture, okay? And that is that we have very, very dysfunctional and diseased cultural relationships. We, we really don't know how to view each other and we don't know how to treat each other okay or how to relate to each other i guess as a result exactly and so when we talk about the transformation of cultural mindset and skill set we're talking about like mindset is how we how we view each other okay and that will address those things like bias and stereotype and judgment and all of the things that go along with that skill set is something that doesn't get talked a lot about in this area, but it's very, very important because skill set addresses my ability to connect, uh, to create, and to collaborate uh, with people who are different from myself, right? And so I always tell people, we're not divided because we disagree. We're divided because we're disagreeable. And that's a problem with our mindset, and that's a problem with our skill set, right? right. And, and so I think that if we can get leaders in these six pillars transformed, mindset, skill set, right? And then once they are transformed and they see and they treat the world differently, okay, then we can bring those leaders together in what we would call in the manifesto into a cultural transformation summit, where now we have culturally healthy and skilled leaders who can actually make really culturally healthy and skilled decisions, <laughs> right? Right. We bring them together into a, a summit where they begin then to map out and design the cultural transformation of their community. And we have a process for that called the six stages of cultural transformation. So I'm, I'm a six stages guy. Right. And right. So, but it, it's, it's something we do believe we have the cure for cultural cancer. And we know well, that it, sounds, it, it, what drew me to it is that it's not just a, a bandaid to treat a symptom like, you know, uh, because you know, there's a difference between tolerating each other and embracing each other, and I think your approach truly skips right over the uh, trying to cure the the symptoms and goes straight to the root of what the problem is and tries to yank that root out, uh, thereby curing everything uh, that comes from it. And I thoroughly enjoy your approach, and I think that you've actually really got. I really do believe that you have the cure. So. 
Uh, folks, if you're watching this video, please uh, go check out Ricardo's uh, website, check out his writings. Uh, I would beg you to please read the, the manifesto because it truly is a uh, very, very important and a very, uh, I think, unique approach uh, to this problem. And it has a very workable solution if we can all uh, kind of get behind it. Um, or even if just a select number of people in our society can get behind it, we can lead by example. So speaking of leading by example, I myself am going to go through this program and uh, I will be reporting on it in future episodes, uh, sharing my experience. And uh, I'm going to put my money where my mouth is on this one because this is such an important issue that I want to see real change made during my lifetime. And I want to see, uh, I want to see this happen. I'm tired of seeing um, the symptoms of these cultural uh, differences uh, wreck our society. So, Ricardo, thank you very much for being on, and thank you very much for all the work that you're doing in this uh, in this area. And uh, folks, uh, that's this episode of The Legalist. That's what we've got for today. Uh, if you like this series, please share it with some friends. Uh, hit the subscribe button uh, down below. If you want to send me messages, you can find me on uh, social media at Lee Davis Law. And uh, until next time, thanks.